1: Enjoy the show.
0: Hi, I'm Shlomi Ron. I'm the CEO of the Visual Storytelling Institute, uh, we're based here in uh, sunny Miami, Florida. And today, I have a very exciting uh, topic to chat about. You all read the news about the metaverse. You probably heard Mark Zuckerberg's month talking about uh, his uh, rebranding from Facebook to Meta. That started all kind of uh, you know interest in what is this metaverse. And especially us marketers, how we can take advantage and really tell compelling visual stories in this new metaverse. So to help me out, kind of unpack this uh, new virtual world, I have uh, the pleasure to uh, invite Dirk Lewis. He's the co-founder and CEO of Appland. And Appland is, if you can think about uh, a monopoly trading game. Well, this is the same thing, but with the power of the blockchain, the NFTs, and with the opportunity for players making money as well. So today's topic is going to be pretty much how can brands create meaningful metaverse strategy. So that's our focus for today. And with that, uh,
1: I'd like to welcome
0: you to the show. All right. Welcome, Dirk.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. And, uh, you know, uh, brands and uh, storytelling, I mean, there's some kind of my passion. And I, uh, uh, you know, love to to help uh, everyone to understand a little bit more about the metaverse. There's so many yeah. things out there uh, these days. Exactly. So, Very yeah, confusing. <laughs> yeah.
0: But before you're going to touch on all these exciting things, let's start from the beginning. You know, I'm sure people will be curious to know about your backstory, how you. You know what was your journey like how do you end up in the VR and metaverse maybe you can kind of walk us through that
1: yeah, so um, maybe, I mean, the uh, we're based on blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies, uh, yep. which is also quite, quite important. So this this topic has excited me for a very long time. So mm-hmm. when I go all the way back, I started, <laughs> I did, I did a research, I, I did my PhD about private and state-controlled currencies. So we're looking oh, wow. at how private currencies are working <laughs> in this. That was actually before Bitcoin and all the other currencies came around. And I see. I, at that time, I did not really take the bridge to say this is going to be be all electronic it was more like right. a traditional paper money type of thing yeah anyways it was interesting to see and um, th- that's how I got into the whole uh, blockchain space or um, and got really early involved um, um, in uh, 2011 which makes me somehow kind of an OG Oh, yeah you're uh, a
0: veteran yeah
1: <laughs> space. and um, and I always said okay this is this is gro- this is groundbreaking this is so so this is going to change everything and we will okay. clearly see that also going forward. And then then back in 2018, I put myself together with um, Mani Honigstein and Dan Zuckerman, my two co-founders of Upland. Uh, they're from the gaming space. I was I more of a blockchain person. Got it. Entrepreneurs, the three of us. And we've started a couple, uh, some companies before. And we said, hey, you know, uh, we got actually together one night. We were playing Monopoly. I was talking about blockchain. And so on. Right. So the one thing lead to the other. I said, you know, mm. wouldn't be great? You know, we take this idea of Monopoly, you know, was our inspiration here. You know, add a little bit blockchain to it. Because blockchain gives you, you know, I can elaborate on that a little bit later. Right, yeah, ownership of assets to people, <laughs> and then maybe the real world, right? And off we go. Right,
0: Upland was born. No, that's really amazing. You know, I just read, you know, all the the about section on your website, and you know, the story of how you guys really figured things out. That it's the right timing as well. I mean, the, it, it couldn't be better. Uh, the whole world is looking right now for metaverse uh, uh, use cases. So before we, we get deeper, let's start very simple, you know, kind of baby steps. And, of course, if you can give uh, our audience uh, your definition for what is the metaverse and just, you know, from, from your perspective. Yeah,
1: I, I try. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I try because there's so many definitions out there and right. different viewpoints and so on. But I, I try to make it super simple. What I always say, it's like a parallel world. Mm -hmm. where you assume one or multiple identities, right? It can be multiple persons Mm -hmm. and where there's no limits for your imagination, what you can create. You do things in there and you experience things in there and things. So these are the, how I would describe it. Owning, experiencing, that's what the metaverse is about. This is also what has changed. You know, when you think about traditional media and social media, um, you know, in 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 the metaverse, you are you're active as a as a as a user, and this mm. is also very important mm. for brands to understand. Uh, you know that right. it's not you know just people not scrolling or they have passive you know lean back type of consumption of media. It's it's really all about experience and activity.
0: Right, and for those folks that can can still rewind back and say, well, how's that different from a Second Life, for example, when they
1: remember that. Is the main difference is really the the blockchain backbone? I think the blockchain backbone is one one very important component of it. I mean, since you know Second Life was founded or started early two thousands, obviously yep. and technology was not as far as advanced. Right. Also, you have also, of course other technology components playing into it. But mm-hmm. why it's now? Why now? Is uh, to my mind, it's really because of blockchain. Uh, because yep. blockchain enables this true ownership. True ownership means that people tr- can sell what they have and to others. Right. And when you, when this, when you own something, you start becoming much more creative around things because when you Bye. say, okay, I don't own it, you know, it's like, like take your, when you rent a house, right? You say, okay, I'm renting here. You know, I'm, uh, I don't care, right? Yeah. Really, how it looks like <laughs> when something breaks like, Exactly the house, right? Then you put really time and effort into it and do stuff. And it's very, very much like what you have today. I in see. The metaverse. And that's why I think uh, somehow uh, for, for, let's say for second life, this part was missing this ownership. Yeah.
0: Right. It was more kind of like a showroom that brands kind of bought space and created experiences, but, you know, there was no skin in the game for the users. Yeah. Right. Got it. All right. And since, I, you know, we're wearing here the visual storytelling hat and, you know, try to look at how brands can create a more engaging visual stories. I'm kind of wondering, how do you define visual storytelling from your point of view?
1: So first of all, you as a brand, you have to extend your 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 appearance into the metaverse right so mm-hmm. and of course it depends what kind of brand you are right some right. brands are very easily can be you know transferred into into the metaverse let's say when you are uh describing an example when your car brand right so it's easy you know you have now maybe your sports car let's say your portion right vehicle, right and now you can you know take the portion maybe allow that to be in in part of the metaverse and people can drive it around so that's that's I very see. simple it right. gets more complicated when you when you think about let's say you're a, a producer of shampoo, right? So mm-hmm. what what do you do really with shampoo and you know when, when you know so there's the, the use case is not very obvious. Right. I, I mentioned earlier that in the metaverse what is important that you need to actually do think community first, how do you involve the community? Right. Uh, and that is also because the metaverse has its origin, obviously, in gaming. Yeah. yeah. So also, also we, as we, you know, I mentioned earlier, we got inspired by a Monopoly. That means we yeah. were actually we're coming from from the gaming perspective. So when you are a brand now you take the aspect of gaming and mm-hmm. you take the aspect of community together. That means uh, you create those experiences, maybe to give you one concrete example, let let's stay maybe with the, uh, the, with the shampoo producer, right? Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so maybe you, you are a producer of shampoo. So you can now say, okay, you know, I'm going to sell shampoo, but you know, okay, maybe people are going to use the shampoo to, to wash the hair of their avatars and right. look, uh, maybe look nicer. And after, you know, a while, you know, when they haven't washed their hair, you know, yeah. It yeah. does look so nice anymore. So that's one thing. But it could also, because I mentioned earlier that there's no limits to imagination. So what you could also do is, so, so let's say you own shampoo, you wash <laughs> your hair, and now when you gamify it, that means now, all of a sudden, when you wash your hair, you no know, regularly, right, you get some superpowers. Maybe you can move oh, I see. In the metaverse or you can do something else. That's what it's about imagination, right? So you have it's to- like the
0: tamaguchi kind of uh, old concept that you have to kind of feed it every day and it kind of
1: evolve over time. Yeah, absolutely, right. So that evolves over time; it changes, and right. you need to. You need to, That's what is so important. That because when you're a marketer today, when you come out and you say, "Okay, I have you my brand," of course you have some some you know right. sort of packaging or whatever, yep. and you try to put that into a commercial and whatever, right? But now you go really have to go one step further, right? What other attributes can you associate with your with your brand? Right good right. and, and extend that into, into the metaverse. I see. And
0: I'm curious, you know,
1: obviously what you describe right now is a use case
0: where the functionality or utility is lives only in the metaverse. Do you see also execution where it goes offline to get like a real benefit offline, not just in the virtual world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, for instance, Upland is based on the or mapped to the real world. So I clearly see use cases. We don't have that yet at this point, but clearly use cases where people start maybe doing something in the metaverse Mm -hmm. virtually. And then... Uh, no, but as you said, you know they maybe have some superpowers because now they have right. superpowers. They get a certain uh, NFT, which is a non-fungible token, right? A certain right. asset, but they can yep. now take this an- NFT, go into a store, because they can show it maybe on the mobile or whatever. And, and Now they get maybe access to something other right. special, right? So you have to I create see. the whole story around it. So people, I see. People go back and forth between the virtual and the physical world, and mm-hmm. that's why as a brand, you have to start right. thinking about how, what kind of context, what kind of backstory can, can I put it in?
0: I see. So again, it could be like maybe uh, creating this uh, cross media experience where you can actually redeem you know your NFT as a coupon to get uh, some discounts, maybe ticketing. There's a variety of things that uh, you know from marketing terminology uh, incentives that we can actually apply here but just kind of overlay them with uh, a metaverse execution. Cool. So I wanted to think uh, about your, since we, we talked about the metaverse and a few examples, maybe you can give us a uh, your overview of Upland. You know, what is it about and what people can do there? Just give them like the lay of the land. <laughs>
1: yeah maybe um so so upland was actually launched last year and when we say it's the earth's metaverse so and i mentioned it before because we are mapped to actually the the world to the real world and we always say upland is based on three strategic pillars you see it in the the background here play earn connect um so, so what does this mean so play means uh, people can when you when you when you download, we uh, are available also on on all devices, iOS, Android, and so on. But when you download the app, you get a map application. You zoom in. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I suspect that all of your uh, listeners know how Monopoly works, right? You have to purchase streets and collect right. them, and so on. So I, I, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. The Mechanic is clear. <laughs> but so Upland has a similar mechanic, right? So you zoom in and you see the actual parcel. Mm-hmm. Of, of, the, of, the, of a property, let's say two, three, four posts. Right. You don't have to be in the cities to play. we currently live in 15 cities across the US, but, yep. but you can zoom in, you see the property and then you can purchase it. Mm. And once you become the owner, the true owner of it, you start earning an income, uh, what we call yield, uh, uh, in terms of our in-app currency. This is currently 17% a year. So you start earning just for the, for the fact that you're owning it. Now we gamify it in the sense of that you have to complete a collection. So collect three properties, maybe on the same street, you know, with same characteristics, which is kind of easy to get, but maybe three museums, which is a little bit harder to get, right? Right. And then, then your yield actually increases. I so see. And then that sets in motion the whole trading between players because they have to optimize their collections and all this. So right. that's, that's where there's a lot of uh, interactivity. So then we have other game engagement points, how we call it. We have treasure hunts. you have to find stuff in the city. Mm. We have scavenger hunts. Uh, we have live tours. You know, like we had the San Francisco Love Tour or Chicago Mop Tour. Right. We had to go through different places and 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 so on. Experience that. Soon we are introducing actually also cars, so people can actually go from A to B with a car or or race <laughs> do a race through San Francisco virtually with with their uh, car race. So so that's the first pillar. Then the second pillar is actually earn that means this is all what is all new about blockchain games it's called called play to earn people can now build houses on their properties and can run and operate shops there and sell nfts Non fungible tokens, digital yeah. assets to other players. So now you can uh, eventually, let's say you're a specialist in virtual water fountains. Now you create right. a virtual water fountain and sell that uh, to another player who wants you know, to beautify his uh, uh, property. With so this a, is
0: like an open sea store, right? This is like an open sea store where I keep my NFTs. So you just. Exactly. That's what you can do
1: or you import digital art right from from uh, we, have a, we have a gateway where you can import uh, digital art from other blockchains also and maybe run and operate right. a digital art gallery. I see. Uh, so we have the first people also we want to start stopping their, uh, you know, their daily daytime job and <laughs> want to make money only in Upland or earn money in Upland and uh, as oh, a, as so a cool. job as such. right? Yeah. And this is very interesting in the sense of because you can um, sell also for U.S. dollars in our platform, you don't have to do it just in app currency. You can say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to sell this virtual water fountain then for um, you know for U.S. dollars." That's how you extract monetary value out of it.
0: Right, but but when you want to start, you know, when you're new on the on the platform, do you need to actually like you know in OpenSea, you need to basically invest x amount of dollars in order to convert them to ether right so do you need to
1: do that on Apple as well? well that's a very good question so the way we build apple we always said we want let's say average people on there and not crypto aficionados right we have you know okay. so so it's super simple to sign up with Appland just the email and the password and yeah. then you're basically in and then you can then you get a little bit you know free Apex which is our in-app currency and then you can yeah. purchase your first property yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. so which uh, is and so it's and then, you know we have properties you know depends on the area you know sometimes we sell properties for fifty cents that's low, low right oh, I see. then uh, Rockefeller Center sold for forty thousand US dollars right, right. it's a famous famous I place. See. But it's, you know, it's really attractive for, for, for everyone. And uh, what is very unique in Upland at the beginning, you have actually a visa uh, because um, because what is unique in blockchain, because when you own something, we cannot take it away from you anymore. Right. So, but in the beginning, we keep, let's say, the private keys. That means we're still in control of, of the assets Right. until you own 10,000 APEX or have a net worth of 10,000 APEX. Hmm. which is equivalent of ten dollars and then you, you you move from becoming a visitor in upland becoming an uplander a citizen right. in Upland, and then you keep your assets forever so but that's that's how 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 we do it but uh, it's very easy to to get into it and what we recommend is actually the third pillar it's connect you're mm-hmm. also creating communities around uh, you know different neighborhoods in upland and you know right now you can go go can go on discord and meet I like-minded see. people there you know it's really a place also to socialize with others
0: Got it. Yeah, no, this is exciting. I actually signed up and really can kind of experimented a little bit and see, you know, what you can do. And it's really fascinating. I was kind of wondering, you know, obviously, there's the emotional uh, aspect that uh, people looking directly into places they used to live. I went to directly to New York used to live there in, t- in two rounds. And yeah, checked out the addresses I lived at. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, <laughs> this kind of bring up the question, like if you have a legal owner of a physical property, does it have any advantage for the virtual one or it's open no, for grabs? not no. <laughs> <laughs> No,
1: it's actually it's just a you know a second layer on top of the real world and uh, you know so that's a but uh, no 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 real advantage unless you, <laughs> of course you know the area and you know what's hot <laughs> then I see you can use that knowledge right <laughs> Got it. Got it. Another aspect
0: was kind of interesting. You know uh, when you're ready to sell a property, I I, I noticed that you recommend that uh, you compare pricing in the area, and do kind of your research as if you normally do it uh, offline and then
1: you set your price right? That's correct right um, the the uh, first of all I, we always tell people before you start buying something, go into our community get advice our community is super helpful right for, yep. for newbies or new players are right coming in. And um, yeah, then you have to do your research, right? Why right. is certain, what, what is the price for certain properties? Of course, when so the way it works is when we sell properties for the first time, um, users can mint those properties, how we mm-hmm. call it, for the first time. And they're yep. quite cheap but obviously users then can sell them or uplanders can sell them to other players. And now the prices are going up. Right? So, right. so at the beginning, you must have an interest to get, you know, those, those cheaper properties, but then eventually when you want to buy something, you know, let's say, you know, for instance, New York is sold out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you want to buy something on fifth Avenue or Madison, you know, then yeah. you obviously have to buy it now from a different, uh, from an existing player. Right? Got so. it.
0: Yeah. So, go, so going back to a, uh, how brands could play in this uh, interesting sandbox called the metaverse. Uh, Can you share a little bit about what you've seen uh, so far in the marketplace, you know, brand strategies that uh, really work in the metaverse?
1: Yeah, I think most of the brands that uh, you know experimenting. When you go back to traditional brands, right? Of mm-hmm. course, you have the let's say the blockchain native brands. They, they right. Tend to move a little bit faster, and yeah, have the technology people, and uh, but you know we've seen all those larger brands like Nike coming in, right? Uh, you know, and and and, and you know so it's all across, and then it always depends what you want to do. But uh, what I explained earlier, you have to think about three things uh um, when i put it like that when you uh what we always tell brands when you want to enter the metaverse mm-hmm. first of all uh is the gamification right right you're coming from gamers. so can you gamify your brand right mm-hmm. that's it actually you know is that not harming your brand what you're doing on, on right. that end, right so we have to think about that one Yeah, uh, uh, because also when you enter metaverse and the metaverse is let's say if Fighting environment, why right? people yeah. always fight, right? So lots of brands don't want to associate it with that. To give you one example, right? It's it's a gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. Fighting, I want, yeah. some shooters and all that. Yeah, but uh, not all all brands want that, right? So right. so you have to think about what does actually what is the environment of 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 the brand, mm-hmm. and for in terms of the game. The second uh, is then uh what we call is actually is there geolocation right mm-hmm. in, in upland is very right. special because we are mapped to the real world but also other uh, other parts of the metaverse there's always interesting areas right so who mm. else is there right who's your neighbor right oh, maybe you as a brand one associated maybe to a celebrity i don't know mm. and uh you know maybe you already have an existing contract you know like a with a celebrity and maybe you, you want to be near near that place so-, so this is like a
0: metaverse influencer in a sense <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that's uh, and that could be, you know, beneficial for you. So the geolocation or location uh, is uh, is also Im- important. Yeah, and then you have to think about the context, and the context is. Um, you know, is something happening? Is there certain events? Yeah. You know, uh, you know mm-hmm. like maybe there's the Super Bowl right now, and maybe right. you want to do something in Los Angeles this year, right, or uh, next year, next so. So, because this is events and and context always time sensitive. Yeah. Back to end, and then people come and have right. a to, to check something out and so on. But those things, geolocation, context, and gamification. Yeah. what you what you have to get your heads around as as a brand uh, how how you can leverage. That. yeah
0: no this is fascinating because from what i've seen you know, and you touch on all those uh, points you know it could be from just a simple nft drop which is branded around the brand to custom experience to a gamified uh, experience on the various gaming platforms uh, to creating a whole standalone universe which absolutely. is absolutely takes <laughs> much more <laughs> effort but uh, just to make it uh, more a uh, Realistic for our audience, maybe I I could share two examples and you can talk about them. Uh, Brand integration at Upland, right? Yeah. So let's see.
1: Yeah, so this was a is a partnership which we have with spirit halloween obviously halloween is a big thing here yeah. in the u.s uh where we um did this partnership where we actually allowed our players to uh, use ornaments of, uh, of 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 the brand spirit halloween and to decorate their homes so you, oh, you saw that in the uh, so when they're building homes and like like in real life like you decorate your oh home, you're no? for the holiday yeah exactly. exactly now you could do the same thing by the way we also have a holiday decoration events now because we just before Christmas is also going to happen. Right, <laughs> so right, right. So that's also something. Um, so that was one thing. Then people were able to purchase a uh, unique, uh, what we call block explorers. These are our little game pieces, mm-hmm. which had actually the characters from, from Spirit Halloween, which were using their brand. So like this, people experienced that. You know, in the, you know, when they're using now the block explorer, you know, this is you know, why they play the game. You know, this is the yep. game, it's the context, it's it's Halloween, obviously. And geolocation right. is the place, you know, is your house where you put it, right? go back to those those three components here at this moment, right? I see. So, this is
0: also it's Brennan because it's coming from this. Uh, Halloween spirit and uh, spirit brand Halloween, yeah. spirit Halloween and then the fact that uh, there's some crypto commerce here because you can actually purchase these individual ornaments and put them into your house and and I'm, I'm guessing you have some incentives that to do, to do this decoration you're getting more upx
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. currency. <laughs> Well, why do people could decorate their house in real life, right. right? Just to show something they want to celebrate Halloween, and it's the same thing at the end of the day here. But the advantage was now, now you can go, and when you have those block explorers, and you, know, you can go and I see. Uh, um, you know, it be opening up as soon what is called block explorer shops, those game pieces, and can sell yeah. them. And, and uh, they're probably going to be worth for 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 lots of people, you know, some 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 good money. Yeah. Got it.
0: Let's move to the second example, uh, and I'm going to share it
1: here. All right, so here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is a uh, partnership or uh, license agreement which we have with the NFL Play Association. Yep. And um, so we just recently launched that. And this is uh, where we bring actually from from the players, um, let's say 3D assets into mm-hmm. into the metaverse uh into the, of upland right so what people actually now can do is they can um purchase uh from players mm-hmm. uh, let's say virtual jerseys and they look very very nice on also on your mobile I device you and spin around and can do that and um we call all that is called nfl uh, pa legits so this is our right. brand, uh, uh, yep. brand around it and now when you're a collector right you know you were able for instance to collect lots of things from the previous Seasons we're just opening up now, the next season, so uh, the or the current season where you can use those and uh, collect them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you no, know, going back to my example is uh, we now we gamify it now with the more you collect, the higher your fan score gets. Okay? Oh, so, I see, you get yeah. a fan score, and then on the day of a game, mm-hmm. right? Event, so the context, right? Yeah, yeah, you go virtually to a stadium. Yeah. And then Because the higher your fan score, the the further you're up in the wait list, and the more <laughs> higher the likelihood is that you get actually a special NFT, which you then again you know can brag about or maybe put right. up on the market and so on. Oh, so that's... this is then the location and the context. So you see, it's always coming. This is great. Gamified collection. You're trading and with other players and so on, and then bring that in. So that's a very exciting uh, partnership we have here, uh, where people you know, especially football fans, you know, very pleased to. to have those those uh, NFLPA legends and you know then this is also something what we call uh, we have um, mementos where people mm-hmm. actually can one of one NFTs they can collect uh, they have uh, you know especially you know they can maybe see okay which player is going to do some cool plays right and then you can have you know you see the NFT with all his stats and you know you don't know that before the game but after the game maybe you purchase right. it before the game and then after the game yeah it becomes really hot and becomes <laughs> your 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 highly valuable NFT. <clears throat>
0: And does this do these collectibles? Uh, people can actually sell them like the the real estate, or is they- no?
1: No, the way they work right now, they um, these these assets, they can so they purchase them in the in the stadium, right, or in the yep. stores, right now yep. going forward, and and then they have them in their in their. Um, and their wallets and mm-hmm. the asset wallets what we have and we're going to soon introduce let's say uh, where you can then use them in your in your home experience right so maybe oh, you know and then you want to maybe put that somewhere in some places in your in your home and then mm-hmm. maybe you are a fan of a certain player right and say hey you come visit my home and then you can show and it's like wallet, a showcase piece yeah got it
0: got it i see no, that, that, that's really. I really like the way you described uh, how this uh, brand integration is really telling. Really touch on those three components that makes a, a good visual storytelling experience because it's the location, the context, and the gamification of it. it's makes it. Uh, gives it more utility and meaning than just you, you buy it and that's it. <laughs> that's the right word, utility, right? So yeah. when
1: we always say, you know, when when you when you look at the NFT landscape, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know how familiar you're to with NFTs, but... The idea is you know you have nft drops so you have let's right. say nft marketplaces where stuff gets dropped right yep. but then no no that's where where they are then you have maybe a fan tokens right when you're in sports right yeah communities yeah and then you have maybe um and then you have the what we call um like uh, rally rally fantasy eh, uh, collectibles yep. right yep. like mm-hmm. where you collect stuff and then you have the metaverse right so these yep. are the some of the four four categories where, where right people, tend to act in at least in the sports uh, in the sports space yeah, and uh, that's how uh, we, you know you can Try to grasp grasp you know what what kind of different categories out there, some some brands you know you know especially when you're sports entertainment brands you know say oh you know we give exclusivity just to one category but this is wrong it's like like in the old right. day, we've given exclusivity just to Twitter right yeah <laughs> the, yeah it doesn't make sense or whatever yeah. right? so it's, it's a multi-channel
0: uh, you know strategy It yeah. needs to yeah. you need to play in a variety of gaming platform in NFT marketplaces, uh, absolutely. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, when, let's say, Coca-Cola comes to (laughs) Upland and would like to do brand integration, what is the
1: typical process? How does it work? Well, yeah, we've indeed a lot of brands are reaching out now to us because we have this, uh, you know, unique proposition of Mm -hmm. being based on the real world with endless use cases you can create around that. Uh, normally, the the, the steps we have, if we have a, if anyone's interested, you know, you can uh, you know ping us on partner at upland.me, It's right. an email address. And uh, the way it works is usually, uh, you know, we have a we have a short kickoff meeting. Sometimes mm-hmm. they come with concrete ideas. I see. You know, potential partners, and sometimes you know they actually want us to you know brainstorm with them. So, that's, but I think tend to say the, the letter, you know, it's brainstorming with us is percent yeah. of the cases. And, <laughs> is it still it's so new right <laughs> yeah it's so new right and also to be honest also it's not that we know immediately what to do with the brand right so we need right. to understand the brand better what you know their yeah, you know, the the values purpose. Are yep, and all that exactly. stuff mm-hmm. And then we can start thinking about potential, you know, concepts how to integrate them in, into upland, and right. that's 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 how, that's that's the process. But it's 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 I think what I would warn is you know when you you know just to say okay you know we have to do something in the metaverse it just right. get a check mark right yeah, and yeah, yeah, done yeah. something and your people your mm-hmm. community going to appreciate that and then i would say it has even negative could have potential negative impact right if it you could, just yeah. do something where you yeah. just say hey you're know, going to just you know get try to get money out of my people right. or do just something which is not 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 cool or reflective because right truth is communities um have to you know they can be very powerful these days so there's also a big change in the whole idea when you mm-hmm. think about You had Web 1.0, which was basically commerce, then you had Web 2.0, that was all social commerce. And now Web 3.0, I always call that community commerce. Community commerce means you get immediate feedback from your users. You know, you have to really think about what it is. Sure. Stronger and they're much more all over you about things, and if right. uh, you don't do it right, community commerce, but also includes that you now integrate. Because when you had a, at web 2.0, social commerce, um, what yep. you did is actually you had influencers talking about your product, right. sourcing, and so on. In web 3.0 or in the metaverse, this is now different. Your consumers, they become part of your whole sales process, even. Yep. So if you make it certain consumers fans of your brand, they can run and, let's say, operate in Upland, for instance, a shop and resell your products. Of course, you can go through some kind of vetting process, but let that's yeah. exactly what we have is that yeah. because they will talk good about your product, they will help, and then so on. So it's not just you going direct to the consumers. Now you're using all the you know, the community members right. to, to to maybe sell your product. Yeah, I think it's a mix.
0: The way you describe it, it's kind of interesting. It, it reminds me like maybe it's a, a combo between a affiliate marketing and, a, you know, shareholder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a combo because it's not like, you know, just join an affiliate program and you sell on behalf of the brand, but you also have skin in the game, right? Like, if, you know, you can sell it and, you know, earn some markup. That uh, is outside the control of the brand, right? Because you set the price.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah. Cool. So, again, going back to the brands, from what you've seen so far working with brands, uh, integrating them into Appland, what are the typical business goals that they come up with? I mean, is it generating sales, building awareness? Loyalty. What is it exactly? Looking uh, cool—that's <laughs> comes with the package.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think first of all, it's all of it, right? Of course, branding yeah. is one aspect always, right? That right. you somehow in there that you know you engage you your yep. consumers, your fans, and whoever around mm-hmm. around your brand. So, so that's that's one thing. Is um, sales is also something which is mm-hmm. interesting, of course. Um, that uh, you know. When you find a way to to you know bridge it to 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 the real world, right? Yeah. So as I said, when it's a, when it's a gamified approach, people do something, do some kind of a mini mission in the, in the in the virtual world, but yep. in order to get you know highly desired product in the real world. So course oh, uh, when you, yeah. So that's that's uh, you know where where that all plays in, and but. It's also the direct feedback channel which is important. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So that's also something you're know, highly available. Right. right. That's uh, what people can use. But it's not just feedback that people tell you about it, because obviously mm-hmm. there's always you know haters and lovers and <laughs> right, right. that. But the other thing, what is new now is what do people actually do with your product? How are they using it in a metaverse? Right, because you will be surprised. What kind of new use form, usage forms oh, wow. know, people will come up with you have not imagined, right? And that is something, uh, you know, where where you then learn and you can, that has, uh, should have actually some feedback loop to your own product development going forward, right? So that's... Uh, so it's kind of almost like
0: a real, real-time focus group uh, yeah. that allows you to get some research that yeah, you exactly. maybe could apply later on. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So when you complete a, a, a brand partnership program, you know, let's say with the NFL or anybody else, do, do you report back on any success criteria, KPIs, performance, you know, like redemption rate of, you know, assets or how many people, you know, participated
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So we also have, for instance, a partnership with Hyperloop, right? And, and yep. you know, people are taking trains, virtual trains between uh, Cleveland and Chicago. <laughs> and uh, so we're reporting them back how many people are taking the train, right? They want right. to know that and how many people have been, so that's one yep. KPI, right? And, mm-hmm. of course, we, you know, we we tell, you know, you know, the NFLPA, we let them know how much, you know, secondary market transactions have happened, right? When, mm-hmm. Because it's not just, you know, the primary market sale, by the way, which is important, you know, when when you, let's say, a big sport. Brand, right? Eventually, um, you know, future will tell. But I think uh, brands are going to make even more money with secondary market transaction fees because if you think about, let's say mm-hmm. you sell um, whatever virtual football for ten dollars, but then um, every secondary uh, market transaction you get maybe x percent. Let's say for the sake, you know, make it easy to calculate one dollar. Yeah. And you can think about when Now this football changes hands 30 times, you know, you mm-hmm. made more money yep. to do a secondary sales than just through the primary sale. So, uh, you know, this is all new kind of aspects, you know, we, we were reporting to. And, uh, and then again, it depends a little bit, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what, but that's something right. together, what, what their, what their objectives are, right? And yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah.
0: So here's a, a, a very exciting opportunity for you. You probably would love to have more brands uh, integrated into Upland, but as you know, some brands are still on the fence because of some misconceptions. I'm kind of wondering, you know, what are the typical misconceptions you come across, and here you have the opportunity to kind of <laughs> really, you know, break them down.
1: Okay. What are the misconceptions? So misconceptions is uh, you know there's a lot of scam in there and right. you know, bad bad people and whatever. So I tend to say, which is not true. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, but of course, we have some scammers, but we're trying to exclude them. So if you, for instance, go against the terms of services in Upland, we sent you to Alcatraz, which was this uh, prison island. <laughs> San Francisco as a player, right? I see. So, um, so, but I tend to say in, in general, there's, is, is, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, if you find out about the project, there's a lot of projects out there when you go on their website, and yeah. you know, you don't even find who's behind it, and mm, <laughs> all that, right. right? I would be careful here, right? Even though yeah. it looks very professional, but yep. uh, you never know what these people are doing. So, right. so you know, so in our case, you can go on our about page. You see information about myself and my co-founders, and and, and so on, right? So it's all there. Right. So I think that's, that's, uh, so you have to avoid uh, right. so that, but it's, it's a wrong con it's a misconception that everything in the metaverse is a scam, which is right. Yeah. So well, which is, is
0: a- another one I'm, I'm guessing, you know, is the, that's notion of the uh, that whole process of minting is taking kind of, uh, you know, wasting a lot of energy.
1: Oh yeah. That's a good point. You mentioned it. So, yeah. um, I don't want to get too technical, but there's different types of uh, consensus algorithms, especially when you, when yeah. you think about blockchain metaverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, for instance, I just can say we're, we're based on what is called proof of stake. So we're consuming, you know, uh, way less, uh, you know, a couple of thousand times less energy than, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Bitcoin yep. blockchain. Yep. and on top, you know, for instance, we actually did a, we did, we did offset all of the energy consumption of the uh, mainnet uh, where mm-hmm. our blockchain is based on. So, so, uh, so in general, we're producing very little little energy as such, right? So, this is, uh, so other things are producing way more.
0: Very cool, and. You know, when people read, you know, about the metaverse, uh, you know, we talked about it, uh, what, is, what it is and, you know, the vision. And so people talk about uh, it's going to be a unified uh, virtual world, like that's going to replace the internet that we know today with a single identity, with the, you know, you don't have to keep millions million of passwords, right? <laughs> and w- what is your opinion about, where this metaverse is going and how it's going to look like and when it's going to be available. That's another
1: interesting question. So first of all, I, I, think metaverse is a mindset and we've been living mm-hmm. in the metaverse for quite a long time already it's something right. i go with my imagination and then i i stay in there Maybe yep. just, just take a step back on you know the evolvement of media so when when media came out like like in the 1920s they had a black and white movie in a, in a movie theater where someone yep. was playing the piano and there was a train going through a station yeah people in the cinema were running out of the cinema because yep. they <laughs> thinking, yeah, that I... the train would come exactly, <laughs> you know, they were kind of scared, and then you know, then you know, media always comes closer to us. Then, in late 80, uh, like late, late 30 or 38 or something, was, I think, Orson Welles. He did where mm-hmm. uh, he did a radio show called War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. and uh, people were listening to it on the radio and they thought, now aliens are entering <laughs> the you know, invading Earth, and yeah. you know, they started fleeing and you know, trying to get uh, get away from it, and then you yes. know. So that's where, and then you had, you had, you know, then you had television, then you had, you know, then you had phones, mobile phones the internet you know we were using more and more of it now i think the next step will be uh you're going to use augmented reality glasses and virtual reality glasses that's where all people think oh it's always vr that's not true Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, uh,
1: you know like like the metaverse is much more than you know completely you know immersive experience it's really also you know going in somewhere you know like like no upland is not vr it's not it's not it's not
0: Right. You don't need to have headset AI, for it. Right?
1: Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. You don't need to have that, right? So yeah. I think we're already in there. And uh, and, and going forward, the future is uh, the metaverse is going to be all around you all the time, right? right? Whatever you do, if you work, if you entertain or socialize, right? Uh, it's it's, it's a fluid uh, computing
0: a... environment yes. that you can actually move from the physical to the virtual. And yeah, and that's exactly the, the vision that was... Uh, So well described in Snow Crash, that novel from 92, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So, cool. So to kind of uh, uh, sum up our chat, you know, can you give just a kind of a summary again for any brand that is uh, really interested and really want to get into the metaverse? What would you say your top three tips?
1: Yeah, I would, uh, so first of all, I think I would have – you know, the culture of experimentation right yep. so that yep. that's the uh, first thing so there's not you know this is not like like an ad a standard ad you buy on television or whatever right so it's it's really yep. okay try out different right? try out different uh, parts of the metaverse because every metaverse is is not by it's the way it's not going to be that one one's going to win it all yeah right <laughs> uh, even though some companies name them even after the metaverse right Right. but, yeah. uh, but it's 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 not not going to be that people are going to be like going to watch different tv channels People be on different parts of the metaverse, assuming different identities, right? right. So try out different metaverse yeah. parts of the metaverse, um, and then uh, and then also be open to uh, explore new business models. Yeah. Mm. So that that's also something you know. That's because the metaverse are going to change the paradigm how you make money in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. No, I totally see that. I mean, it's it's definitely if you know the big message we can send uh, anybody is that now the time to experiment, as you said, because uh, it's an open-ended uh, opportunities for everybody to come up with, you know, engaging visual stories that you pretty much the author. I mean, uh, you could be the first one doing your unique experience. You can never tell. So really take advantage. So before we go, how, if people have questions for you, how can they reach out?
1: Uh, yeah, so please feel free. I mean, as I mentioned, if you have ideas for a partnership, partner at upland.me or just go to our website www.upland.me. That me by the way, stands for Metaverse, so <laughs> incorporated three years ago. I see. <laughs> um, and um, otherwise, you can reach me on Twitter. My name is Dirk Luet, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and ping uh, me there. And, um, yeah,
0: excellent. No, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Dirk. This was amazing. You know, I'm sure we're going to have lots of uh, people kind of watching uh, this and uh, tuning in uh, on the podcast networks because this is so new to everybody and people are dying to know, okay, what is it? What can I do with it? So again, thanks so much for your time today. And for all of you following, And uh, we'll see you in the next episode of the Visual Storytelling Today podcast. Thank you. Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store. Until next time, don't let your big story wait to be told.